everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tang Talks. Today's episode will be Allie. My name's Allie. I'm 24. Um, I'm a business analyst uh, at a fuel management company in Tallahassee. Um, I live with my boyfriend. Uh, We have two fur animals that we love, a cat and a dog. I like reading video games uh, and watching YouTube, basically. Okay, so... um... How do you think the United States women's overall rights are compared with other countries, such as Western European countries? Um, Iceland ranks number one in gender equality in the world, according to the World Economic Forum, while the U.S. is not in the top 10. So, like, what are your thoughts about this? Uh, I don't have a lot of knowledge about other countries Mm -hmm. um, and how they approach certain rights like abortion or uh, like birth control. Um, I do think there's a stigma against that, having access to that here in the U.S., which sucks, because um, I consider that to be basic health care. Uh, I know other countries offer more maternity leave, I think, and, like, maybe they, like, pay them more to, like, take time off. I know Sweden and Denmark are high, high on the list, um, but I'm not really too sure on the other ones. Yeah, um, and what do you think about equal pay? Do you feel like um feel that in your area women are underpaid and if they are underpaid what can be done um yeah I know that there are pay discrepancies around the country in many careers I'm not aware if I've even experienced it honestly I'm very young in the workforce I do work in a male-dominated field Um, I work in engineering so I'm used to kind of being outnumbered that way but I really don't know if I'm experiencing the uh, paying consistency. I'm not really too mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, and do you think menstrual products should be free for okay. everyone? Um, yes, I do think they should be free. Um, co- uh, college kids already have programs, uh, where they put out like free condoms and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I do think it would be nice to have access to like pads and tampons, oh. uh, especially cause I can't really help that I have a period. So it would be nice to be able to have access to that. And they could pull money from other programs to support that. Um, I don't really think it would be that expensive. So I do think that they should be free. Okay. Um, Kind of going off of that, do you feel like there was a period poverty in the United States? Yes. I do know that for some women, not for me specifically, but I do know that it's hard to afford certain hygiene products, especially depending on how your period is, you might need more than other things. And a lot of pe- women or people have to decide whether they want to pay a bill or buy a box of tampons, which is kind of ridiculous. So I do think in certain areas, especially in like POC communities, uh, that yes, there is a period poverty. Yeah. Um, And do you think women should have free access to non-prescription birth control? Why or why not? Yes, I do. Um, I know a lot of people think that birth control is mainly used just to have uh, unprotected sex, but I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so my ovaries don't function properly. They don't produce the right hormones. And so it can cause infertility. And the only way that I can have a period and lessen my infertility rate is by taking birth control. And my insurance only a certain part of that. And so I always have to pay out of pocket. So it would be nice to be able to have uh, free access to birth control. 
Um, yeah, and what do you think about the U.S. policy for new mothers compared with other countries, such as Canada or other Western European countries? Should women get at least three months of paid maternal leave? And what are the pros and cons of this policy? I know other countries give way more time off than that. Um, like over in Europe, I can't remember what, but I know they can like give up to like a year or something like off. Even sometime before birth, like they'll let them take maternity leave like right before the birth and then even a long time afterwards. There's a lot to handle after having a baby, not just like lack of sleep and like keeping the baby alive, but like emotionally and physically it can take on the parents. So I would want there to be even more um, time off compared to what the U.S. offers, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. And um, an Icelandic lawmaker in whole view of her fellow lawmakers and television cameras delivered her remarks with her six-week-old daughter nursing quietly and no one cared. This is not surprising in Iceland, which has long had a liberal view of breastfeeding in public. What do you think would happen if this occurred in the U.S., especially in the South? And do you approve of this lawmaker's action? Yeah, I think that the U.S. has probably over-sexualized anything a woman can do, <laughs> um, really, especially like feeding your child. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really find I think that the U.S. has a bad image on that, especially in the South. We're very conservative, unfortunately. And so there's not really a whole lot of opportunity for women to just feed their child in public, even if it's by the breast. That's really not that big a deal. Um, but we find it to be a big deal. Uh, so I don't agree with how we see it. And I'm totally cool with what they did in, in Iceland. I fully support that. If her baby was hungry and she needed to feed the baby, she's going to feed the baby. That's it. Yeah. Um, and could you talk about the obstacles women have to face professionally? Do you think the glass ceiling is thicker for women in different professions and why? Yeah, that's something I battle with internally, especially because I'm a young member of the workforce. Um, there's like a fine line trying to be liked and then trying to be respected. Um, I try not, I work with mostly men, um, but it's hard not to notice that you're like the only woman in the room. Um, and you kind of have to compensate acting a certain way. And if you don't, then people have judgment to pass on that, which sucks. Um, I don't really know what the glass ceiling means. What, what does that mean? Sort of like a term like for the social barrier preventing women from being promoted to um, like higher level jobs and management. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a metaphor. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. No. Yeah. I, I do think it is harder for women to be able to get respect, experience and be promoted, um, especially if like men are contending against them, which they sh it shouldn't be like that. But I, I do believe that it is. Yeah. Um, and during the pandemic, when schools and childcare facilities shut down, many women quit their jobs to take care of the family. And it seems that disproportionate housework has fallen on the shoulders of women. And what do you think can be done to change this trend? Um, I think that people's partners and people's support system need to realize just because women have the capability to drop everything for the family doesn't mean that they should have to. It takes a bit of awareness and communication um, to kind of get that message across. Uh, and people need to realize that they need to make sacrifices just as much as the mothers or women or the caretakers of the family. Sometimes that means like having those hard conversations um, 
and getting to a resolution where both the, the only one person is having to drop everything. Um, now talking about Roe versus Wade. Um, so it's 50 years old now. And do you think we should uphold or overturn this? And if overturned, what would be the impact on women going forward? Yeah, I believe it should be upheld. Even if they did overturn it, people would still get abortions, just unsafe abortions, or they would use the internet to try to access pills and stuff. And so really, it was happening before Roe v. Wade, and it's going to continue afterwards. Um, and I really think it would be a detriment if they did do that. Um, and I, unfortunately, it's like scares me to think that they would have they would do that just to see the devastation afterwards and realize how serious it is. I think it's like a really sad situation, if I'm honest. Yeah. And Texas passed a law to illegalize abortions over six weeks under all circumstances. And Florida's passing a law to illegalize abortions over 15 weeks. Um, and what do you think about this? Since there are dozens of states trying to pass a similar law, um, what do you think about this movement? And if you disagree with those laws, what do you think people can do to change that? Yeah, I think that political leaders are trying to combine laws with religious questions and religious beliefs, like when does life begin at birth or at conception, the second someone nuts and someone like it's 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 a lot and it's a dangerous line to try and draw out. I definitely don't agree. I'm fully pro-choice um, about it. I think it's sad that people are putting other people's lives at risk for the potential birth of a baby. It's like not even guaranteed that the baby will survive or the mother will survive. So when you think about it in that context, it's really scary and sad. Um, really pisses me off, honestly. Uh, no. But I definitely don't agree with those laws being passed. Um, really, the only thing people can do about it is donate, bring awareness, talk about it. Um, and until everybody else catches up, that's really all that we can do. Yeah. And what do you think about the releasing of the draft of Roe versus Wade? Because like, I think people um, like blur the lines between like convenience abortions, which are like, which they think people do like, just because they don't want to like have a child or just because like, mm -hmm. um, because they um, don't want to like be pregnant, but like, I, what pro-choice really is, is like um, giving um, women the like agency over their own bodies. Um, so like, what do you think about um, the impact of this potential um, overturning of the Roe versus Wade on, the, on this country and like how will it set a precedent like going forward? Yeah, I, it's definitely stressful um, that mm -hmm. they would think about overturning it because it's just about like bodily autonomy it's not even just being pregnant it's about like having control of your own body and, and your own decisions mm -hmm. in that um and it's really scary to think that like okay maybe I don't want to have a kid and I don't want to get pregnant so I can have that choice but there's other things that could come in into play in that and so getting that stripped away is really scary um and, and having the internet now as a re resource for accessing stuff like abortion pills, birth control, other things like that. It's nice. And that kind of puts in a blip in the whole plan anyway of overturning. But I really think once they start with Roe v. Wade, that they might continue down the rabbit hole and take other things away. So I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And if Roe versus Wade is overturned, the percentage of children being put up for adoption will likely increase. And do you believe like 
that would be ethical since adoption will mean like forced pregnancy, forced birth, and like the forced son of a child. And according to an interview um, by Amy Christian on Amy Coney Barrett's claim that adoption relieves pressure of forced motherhood, actually, um, she argues that the trauma of pregnancy and forced birth does, does not fit with having to, or does not lift with having to raise a child. Um, so like, what are your thoughts about the rising adoption rates? And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's really sad. Um, there's already like millions of children that don't have homes, especially teens. The older that they get, the less likely they're willing to be adopted. So they're shifted through the system until they turn 18 and then they're dropped on the street. So I really don't like that thought. Um, I kind of believe that pro-life people only care about life until birth. And then once the baby pops, their hands off, they're done. You figure it out on your own. And that's very traumatic for the kids, but also the parents or the people going through pregnancy. Um, you ha having to go through that for nine months and then being like, oh, OK, you can't you don't want your kid. We're taking them. It's very traumatizing and really bad for them. It's kind of a, it's, it's a nightmare, really. And I am not interested in having children um, at this point in my life. So if the thought was, oh, well, you're pregnant, you're having your kid. If you don't want it, we're going to force it away. That is just, that sounds terrible. I don't, I don't love that. Mm -hmm. um, and what do you think about abortion rights in the United States compared to the rest of the world? For example, Poland only allows abortion if the pregnancy was a result of a crime or a woman's health is at risk. So like, even though the United States like seems like really bad, like there are some countries that are even more restricted. So what do you think about that? No, yeah, I agree. And like, that's why it scares me to think that the U.S. is going to pull that because that means that we're going to be going backwards and being like these other countries. Um, I believe in the women's right to choose, whether it's for financial reasons, for rape, incest type situations, just because they don't want to have babies in their life and they don't want to give them up for adoption and put them through the system. If they feel like not having like having an abortion, they can do that. Um, I don't I th women shouldn't have to give birth just because someone else thinks abortions murder really yeah um and as um like someone who's like younger how do you think your views on abortion might differ from people that are older and how might you bridge the gap between generations yeah I have very conservative parents and I know they don't agree with me mm -hmm. um I think it's a generational thing to a point um younger generations like us I guess were raised with ac more access to other information not just what people were indoctrinating them to believe as they were kids so I really think to bridge the gap you have to have two willing parties who are willing to understand the other person's opinion um and having good communication skills <laughs> uh, but I have trouble understanding and being accepting of their perspective on it anyway so yeah mm -hmm. Um, and according to Nina Jankowicz, a fellow at the Wilson Center known for research on online disinformation, um, women face a disproportionate amount of attacks online. Um, these range from physical insults to threats of violence, especially women under 50 and in political careers. What are your thoughts about this and how can we combat this? Yeah, I think having the internet has excuse me, given opportunity for even more hate and violence that we usually get in the real world. Um, I mean, as a woman, it's very, you feel very unsafe having to just exist and make sure that you get through the day without pissing someone off and dying. Um, but having the internet there, it's kind of like, 
a, a bridge that other people use so that they can continue that violence and that negativity, which sucks. Um, I've moved away from using social media or anything online a lot on the last couple of years. Uh, I think it's helped me a lot more than I thought it would have. Um, you don't realize how those comments, even if they're not guided at you, you're reading uh, what other people are saying about other people. It really can affect you, how you act in the real world. So I kind of push myself away from having access to that type of communication. Um, but I think it's very negative and it's just another bridge of communication people from like the real world, so. Mm -hmm. um, and globally in 2018, for every 10 victims of human trafficking detected, about five were adult women and two were girls. And most of the detected victims of trafficking for sexual exploitation, um, around 92% are females. Um, what can we as ordinary people do to alleviate human trafficking? Yeah, you can study signs of abuse around you. Um, I know that there's like certain hand signals people have even made so that if you see someone in public giving you like a certain signal that it's like showing like, hey, I'm being I'm kidnapped right now. And I know I'm in public, but I'm under duress and I need help. Um, then being donating to certain organizations that help victims. I can't think of any at the top of my head right now, but I know there's a lot uh, being aware of your surroundings. Um, notifying someone if you see some weird behavior out in public or at some friend's house if you see something say something that's really all I can think of um, and do you think the women's movement is stronger or weaker today than in the 1970s um, what do you think uh, or how do you think things changed for the better or worse based on your personal experience yeah I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think we have technically more rights on paper now, um, but it's still hard to get response from like political leaders and people of importance who have money that can help us. Um, I think there isn't as much as like an outrage, like publicly about it, but I think like under the covers, like a lot of women are have an understanding that things still aren't as good as they could be. So it's kind of hard to say if it's like stronger or weaker than before. Yeah. Um, and what do you think about school dress codes? According to the American Civil Liberties Union, dress codes are legal if they do not treat boys and girls differently, force students to conform to sex stereotypes, or censor particular viewpoints. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I think just school dress codes are a way to control women's bodies. Um, especially at a young age. Uh, my school had a very strict dress code. We didn't have uniforms, but we had a very strict dress code of what we were allowed to wear. And basically only women were put on like for that, like guys could wear shorts, tank tops, like cut out shirts, like whatever, but we couldn't wear leggings. You couldn't wear yoga pants. You couldn't wear strap straps that weren't four fingers deep, like some ridiculous stuff. So I think that it's kind of teaching girls at a young age, like what you wear is the problem. Like you're the distraction, like not the people who look at you, even though they can control their brains and mind their own business. Um, but yeah, I think dress codes are pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, so could you talk about gender roles in literature and how are women defined in classics? Um, and what is the new trend in literature about the leading female characters? Yeah. So I am a reader. Um, I don't really read classic novels or anything like that. Um, I think 
I do think that authors have more of a range of characteristics that they can give now. And uh, having a headstrong type woman is, kind of, is very popular, I feel. Um, at least some of the books I read anyway. I'm not too sure about like the classics and comparing them to now. Um, but I think that to a certain point that there's more headstrong female leads, I think. Yeah. And someone on the internet, um, Maka Neo Country, saying that their Secretary of Defense were all females, while Russia's were primarily male. And what is your response to those people, and how does that reflect on women's role in modern society? Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, Russia's in the middle of a war right now, so what, what can they really say? Um, but I think it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, like women can make choices and help make decisions that drive certain countries to exist and protect themselves. So I think that's fine. Um, we're no, I mean, we're not in the 20th century anymore where we're restricted from proving ourselves. Uh, I think women are more than capable of handling those jobs just as uh, well as men. Yeah. Um, and what is your definition of a feminist? Um, someone who supports the equality of the sexes. Um, I used to think that's like all women for women is kind of how mm -hmm. I described it, but really it's mm -hmm. just bridging the gap to finally have an e equality to men, um, with the support of men. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And earlier you mentioned that your parents had, um, were very conservative while you were obviously like very liberal. Um, mm -hmm. So is there like how, cause I know many of my peers have also experienced that like disparity between political views. So like, is there any um, advice you'd have for anyone like in that situation or like what can they do to um, try to change their minds or something? Um. Well, yeah, so they're very religious uh, people, and um, I kind of grew up in the church, but I slowly went away from that, and once I got into school, uh, I, I really, I was a liberal all throughout, like, middle and high school, but they didn't like that, so I was very quiet about it, and then as I got into college and became, uh, I left home and got to move, and so I was kind of incorporated into a different lifestyle, which I appreciated way more and had a lot more understanding for. Um, and so just over time, I've, be I've be like learned to address them and let them know that I have differing views from them, which is they don't like it. And that's fine. <laughs> but mm -hmm. yes, we have pretty different views. And I, th I think that like kind of started like, I was like 14 or something like that. It mostly because they were kind of against the LGBTQ community and my best friends were part of that community. And so I basically decided that I liked my friends views more than my parents. So that's kind of what steamrolled it down and it just has never stopped since. So. Yeah. Um, have you ever tried to like change their views or have they like tried to impose their views on you or. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they, they definitely don't like my views and they definitely want me to change my views. Um, but I'm also very headstrong and when I believe in something, I definitely believe in it. Uh, I have slowly tried to be able to incorporate some of my views um, with, into them, but they're also very headstrong and they think that since they're older and have more experience just existing on the planet, that their thoughts are more important than mine, which is fine. That's their opinion. Um, but 
we don't have to necessarily agree with that. So, yeah. Um, and now <clears throat> it feels that there is a war on women trying to turn back many gains women have won throughout the years. Um, how can we um, combat this war? Yeah, so speaking out as often as you can, um, combating misogyny when people, like with people closest to you, like family or friends. Um, so if like you're at a family dinner and somebody says something that you know isn't right, just call them out on it. And don't let the fear or of judgment keep you from supporting your own beliefs. Because once you start repeating yourself and you make it very adamant on your beliefs and they really care about you, they'll also take that into consideration. Um, but I think like the best headway you can make is by helping the people around you closest to you. Yeah. Um, and what would you like to see happen when it comes to gender equality in the next few years? I would like a consistent and overall understanding about the idea of my body, my choice, I guess. I mean, ha having equal healthcare access, having equal pay, not being scared to walk down the street by myself at night would be nice. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lots of areas that could be improved. Um, but it, I feel like it takes a lot of time and a lot of money. And a lot of awareness to make any of that happen. Yeah. Um, so that's all the questions I have. Um, and thank you so much for doing this.